Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Ray, and you're listening to another episode of the Real Music Nashville podcast. For this week's episode, I got to sit down with Jax Hollow over a Zoom call, and I was super excited about this episode, um, getting to talk to Jax. She is an incredible guitarist, a great songwriter, and she has a, a really compelling story just of how she didn't really feel like she fit in in the Nashville music scene, and kind of how she's sort of like blazing her own path and uh, just really trying to find a place for her sound in this town. And honestly, I don't think she's going to have any problem. She has three singles out, uh, Drift Together, Say My Name, and High Class Bitch. All three of those have uh, accompanying music videos that she has created, and they're on her YouTube channel. So go check those out. And she has just released, well, maybe like uh, a month ago now, she released her album underdog anthems and it is absolutely awesome i think it has probably like a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand streams now um but still go check that out and support her it is fantastic if you have a single or an album out that you'd like to have promoted on the intro to one of these podcasts just email me at realmusicnashville at gmail.com and we can make that happen before we get into the episode with Jax Hollow, I just wanted to take a second and talk about some of the live streams that we have coming up and also sort of the future of Real Music Nashville as a live production company. So our string of shows have come to an end at the Whiskey Bent Saloon, but we're going to be continuing that particular live stream out of my studio. Um, so the Deconstructed series will continue every other Monday as it has been. The first show from my studio will be on the 29th of March, so look out for that on Facebook. As for live shows and live productions that we're going to be putting on in the future, thanks to this podcast, I've made some great connections with artists around Nashville, and um, a couple management companies have reached out, so we have no shortage of artists to start booking shows. We're just looking for the right venue. So as soon as we find a venue, we're going to have a lot more uh, live streams and shows that you can actually come to um, and we can mix the type of genres that we'll be hosting um, because right now I feel like we're sort of getting pigeonholed into um, strictly country and I want to highlight all genres in Nashville and I think this will be a lot of fun so stay on the lookout for those shows coming up. All right, that'll do it for promos and plugs. Let's jump right into the episode with Jax Hollow. We'll transition with a clip um, from one of her songs off her new album, Underdog Anthems. This song is called Say My Name. Yeah, 
This is awesome. I've been looking forward to this because, dude, your sound is fucking great. It's exactly like, so it's exactly like the kind of music that I like to listen to, just stripped down with a guitarist that can shred, bass player, and drummer. And I just, I mean, I, I just, I knew I had to have you on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so um, I don't really know too much about you, and I, um, you know, anyone that's listening, I kind of want them to kind of know your background. I know you graduated from Berkeley in 2017, did some work on cruise ships. Um, could you give us, me and the listeners, just sort of like, um, you know, where you're from and sort of the journey that took you from Berkeley and cruise ships to Nashville? Yeah, man. Uh, so, like... Um Man, it, it feels like a long time ago. It really wasn't that long ago. I think it was like three three years ago okay. at Berkeley, maybe four now. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I uh, I have a, a degree in songwriting. Like, so that's not like, um, I kind of thought I'd just get right into songwriting as soon as I graduated, but then I realized that performing is way more fun. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, then I, I just like kind of made the move down to Nashville because uh, well, I can't really afford to live in Boston, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, uh, and then like uh, I was doing, I was touring with a couple like cover, like a cover act uh, around the U.S. and then those gigs just kind of dried up a little bit and then I got, one of my buddies reached out to me, he's like, have you ever tried cruise ships? And I was like, no, he's like, yeah, they're really interesting, You, but they're, they're long contracts, so like uh the single performer kind of contract is like anywhere from, it could be like five months, it's like half a year at sea, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, then I, then I did that and I, and I loved it. And then I got like a really cool gig, which was playing. Um, it's, it was so brand new. It was called the Rolling Stone Rock Room. I think it had been around for only two years and it was, you play classic rock, like note for note, just like with amazing musicians, like very like, like it's within your contract to play the music. Um, like you have to learn all the solos like note for note you know and it was a lot of fun and we had like in-ear monitors we had like a sound guy you know a lot different than just the pub entertainment gig for the other ships you know uh -huh. and um yeah and then uh and then i was stuck on a ship when corona happened and i almost got really stuck on a ship so i'm oh. glad I'm, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that you almost got stuck on a ship uh that couldn't have been fun no, dude. Uh, I was uh, for a while there. I was a little nervous because um, they. Were, I think it was like March fifteenth. They were um, we were docked in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and uh, they let half the ship off. And then the mayor like issued like just a lockdown, like, and so they just stopped letting people off the ship. We we're just parked there in Fort <laughs> Lauderdale. Just what do we do with everyone else? Half of us are already off the ship. We yeah. don't even have any. Uh, positive cases you know and they just got you know they just got scared and just shut everything down in that second and um that's when I was like with my guitars and like my head rush and everything and I'm just like sitting by the gate just like man that was that was wild they're like you're making us look bad by sitting near the gate and I'm like I'm getting off this ship if I you know <laughs> die trying <laughs> I'm not gonna be stuck at sea for like two months you know, yeah, while that, we that can't sounds... dock anywhere, you know what I mean? Um, but we, but we had no, we had no positive cases on the ship. So it was like, I think they were just, 
I don't know what they were doing. Nobody knows what anyone was doing back then. You know, it was all just a frenzy and crazy, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. That's crazy that you almost got freaking locked on a boat in March. I know people who have <laughs> been. Like, they've been out there. I knew people for 60 days they were out there. And I told them, and I was just like, man, you got to get off this ship. My gut is telling me to get off the ship. She's like, nah, we're going to dock in the Bahamas and we're going to get paid to, to like be on the ship and be in the Bahamas. And I'm like, the hell you are, the, you know? <laughs> so. So, okay. So you were already living in Nashville when you took the cruise ship gigs. And uh, um, was there a catalyst, something that from Boston to Nashville, other than just like uh, the price of living? Because now, the price of living, you know, the locals can barely afford to live here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it sure has increased with, you know, wages and such. No, <laughs> it's no, like, that's the problem. The wild. wages haven't increased. But, uh, but. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was really just, it was cheaper. And a lot of Berkeley kids were heading down there too. And um, it just, live music just really seemed to live in Nashville. And I I, uh, I visited Nashville a couple times. They had this Berkeley uh, Nashville trip that I, I took. Um almost every year I'd like save up in the summer for that trip. Uh, and it's just awesome. We like hang out at a Warner chapel and we get people coming in like Jason Isbell, Sierra Hull. We had Bella Flack. We had Brad Paisley one year come in and he's like the funniest dude. He's like really fun to like, just be in a room with. And, um, yeah, uh, just really, uh, Gillian Welch and, David Rowling? Is that the guy? Uh, I'm not sure who. I don't know. And maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Are they married? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I kind of fell in love with Nashville, like with that and okay. the songwriting. And we'd go to the rounds and I'd see like, you know, newly graduates down there playing in the rounds. And I'd be like, I want to do that. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um what do you make of the rounds? Do you feel like you fit in there? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, dude, it has been. Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that because it's just like, <laughs> I just, I know there's other people out there like me. There just there has to be. Cause when I sit down there and I do a round. So and, um, um, just real quick, uh, tell everyone like what a round is. Cause um, not every, I think that's a, it may be a purely Nashville thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a round is like, you get like maybe three artists up on stage and uh, they sort of like, um, it's almost like pre-COVID was already, they were kind of already sat like six foot apart. <laughs> and, um, and um, you know, each of them takes a turn singing an original song and then they go around. And um, uh, usually you'll have like three to four songs that you perform and then um, your hour is up and then the next people come on and it's all original and it's a really great way to like meet other songwriters and sort of be in the scene you know um but they they i've been paired with some bro country guys who have uh <laughs> oh my god i <laughs> tell you like um yeah i don't fit in with those but people always come up to me and they're like oh my god like it's so cool like you're so different and i'm like yeah like thanks and they've been better you know i've heard like not just country dudes and chicks like up there. I've heard a lot, like they're being way better with like the diversity. Cause it used to just be bro country dude, backwards right. hat, you know, the <laughs> uh, singer songwriter chick, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you know, so um, 
but yeah, man, I got the last round I played um, before I said screw rounds because <laughs> it was uh, they paired me with like these two bro country dudes. And I swear to God, I could outplay both of them and they were not happy about it. And it was actually really shitty of them, but they um, turned their chairs away from me oh, while I was performing. And, and they made a point to be like, we don't like you they did not like the fact that I could play circles around them and they were talking while I was performing, which is the, the most, the rudest thing you can do to during the rounds. And they were on their phones like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, while I was performing and um, I'll never forget it because it's just a reminder of like, you know, you think that everything's cooler now and people like accept people, but like, man, when bro country guys are like, um, what's the word? Uh, super self-conscious or something they like <laughs> they act like little bitches yeah <laughs> you know yeah. they do so where do where do refugees of the rounds such as yourself end up do you think like uh where did you go after you you decided the rounds were not for you bro i ended up here <laughs> yeah which is yeah that's fucking incredible yeah, she's showing right? <laughs> she's showing me yeah uh, um she's showing me a wall She's showing me a wall full of gold records where she's, I'm assuming, recording um, with the great, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the engineer you've been working with? Yeah, producer Michael Wagner. Yeah, he's done um, uh, Motley Crue, Skid Row, uh, like just Ozzy like Osbourne, huge, Metallica. Awesome but uh, yeah, so how did you get hooked up with him? Uh, I, um, I just kind of like... Um, I really wanted a really like fantastic producer for the record that I was, that I had been writing. And um, uh, I had uh, some interest in some label interest in LA and stuff like that. And um, I was just like, yeah, that's cool. And I, and I had this guy, uh, Ron Nevison, who was like interested in me. And I was just like trying to like do a record with him. He did, uh, he, I think he engineered uh, physical graffiti Zeppelin. And he did, uh, he produced heart, in the 80s and I was just like and he loved my stuff and I was just like like that's amazing yeah you know and um it just wasn't really working out like I just kept like kind of trying to get it you know over there and you know corona is just was it was like iffy people weren't really sure and that was like back in the summer and it was still all up in the air and um and then I reached out to uh Michael I just like I'm just like what are amazing rock producers who do I know and some of my friends knew him you know and um and um yeah when i when i reached out to him he he like responded within 10 minutes he was like i want to do your record which That's, is like the biggest you know ego boost ever <laughs> you know yeah that's amazing yeah especially that uh, yeah he must have heard some of your stuff or for him to uh he must have been exposed to your music somehow for him to respond so quickly or i don't know maybe you had something posted and he was like oh yeah this is fucking incredible cuz you're an incredible guitarist. I'm, you know, I can't imagine why he wouldn't be interested. But uh, yeah, I saw where you got to sign the guitar. That must have been a, a crazy moment. Yeah, that was a surreal moment for sure. Yeah, he. Um, the Skid Row guitar, acoustic guitar. Right next to uh, Skid Row. Yeah, <laughs> it's like pretty amazing. So. Uh, um, no, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Sorry, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Um, so what kind of effects do you think he's had on your sound while you've been re recording this record that you've been working on for so long? 
yeah the, the tone man i i am like not a tone geek I, i've got friends who are just like yeah you plug in you do this thing and i'm just for some reason it's just i never got into it. i was just like no the tone should come from your fingers yeah. which it does yeah but like i just i honestly like low-key i just i don't know about that stuff so it intimidates <laughs> me and i would just sit there and noodle and he would just he would do all the work he would like fiddle with stuff and make it just sound amazing and i sometimes i'd like i'd like just be there and i just like i tell him i'm like i've never sounded this good in my life i don't know what you're doing but you know in terms of like my sound he totally you know made it what it is you know so yeah did he did he impart any of that onto you he's like look dude i'm using this pedal and this and this and so now your setups changed uh, for your live performances um no i should have paid attention more to that (laughs) Well, yeah, um, your tone is definitely awesome on uh, some of these singles that have come out. I'm assuming he's doing all the engineering too for those. Yeah, yeah, and it and it works better with with when we recorded for COVID too, because it's just us, you know, in the studio. You know, we don't. It, it's just safer anyway. You know, um, it just all kind of works together. You know, being able to be self sufficient like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of your album, uh, someone must have just walked in. I saw a big smile on her face. <laughs> yes mike do you, do you want do you mind oh, can yeah. i show you oh, yeah, bring yeah. Him in the video sure yeah check it out what are we doing hey hey <laughs> how are you doing it's the great michael wagner how are you doing <laughs> welcome hey, to how are you <laughs> welcome to real music nashville podcast welcome to the show this is awesome <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah just doing a quick interview with Jax here and uh she's been nothing but good things to say about you and how you've worked on her tone. Well, I pay her for that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Well, have fun guys. Yeah, right. absolutely. Thanks for dropping in, Michael. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And you can see more of the, you know, gold records and. Yeah. That's a, that's an amazing, stuff. that's an amazing room you're sitting in right there. Oh yeah. With all those yeah. gold records around you. Yeah, man. Um, all right. So, yeah, tell me more about this album that you're working on. What's the name of it and what's it mean to you? Because I feel like just looking at your Instagram and doing a little bit of research on you, like it feels like this album is it means more than just another record. Yeah, this album is like really important to me. Um, it's like. Most it's like what I've kind of been working towards for my whole career, honestly, you know, um, and I've finally been able to like breathe a little bit after like, you know, finishing it. Cause I'm just, I just can be like, okay, I've created something really amazing with a legendary producer. And, um, I feel really good about that. And like our Spotify numbers are really good and we're like climbing and we're just, you know, I, one of my, TikTok videos went like viral. It's got like almost a hundred thousand like things on it, you know, views. And I just like, like things are happening and and I'm just kind of like, I can finally breathe. I've been working so hard and I can finally just like breathe for a second, you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Speaking of your Instagram and how I've been uh, creeping on you (laughs) for way too long and before i even started reaching out to try and get you on the podcast i was just like damn this girl can fucking shred so i've been following you for a minute um but in one of your old instagram posts you sort of talked about like what a song should be at its core 
and how a lot of things are like really overproduced now. And um, a lot of people in the industry just have been trying to put you in a box for a long time. I was hoping you could talk a little bit about, you know, what is a song to you at its core and and what is what has been in your experience with these people that um, you feel like have been trying to put you in a box? Yeah, so um, the box really is like the industry and like Berkeley is, uh, Berkeley like kind of like just supports that box, you know what I mean? Um, so like I came out of there like with my, with the classic rock background, but I was kind of forced into like writing pop. And um, I thought that's like what I had to do. I That's what I was told is I have to, you know, do the Lady Gaga thing, not like Lady Gaga, but do the thing where it's like, make this, in my opinion, like stuff that you don't like, this crap. And then you can reach to a point where you can make the artistic album, the thing that you wanted to actually do in the first place. Right. Um, and it turns out like, you know, I could do the opposite and actually do what, what I, what matters to me. And, um, someone out there will care because it, it's actually more real you actually can feel it better you know than and people it, that's the cool that's the cool thing is like i trust like people you know people can tell if someone's real or not you know they can really you know whether it's music or a politician or you know like <laughs> people people have a good sense of like you know, people aren't dumb you know i mean so you know <laughs> but you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, that's one of the things that first, you know, drew me to you when I when I came across you. I can't remember how I came across your page, but you just seem with your playing and your attitude and um, uh, how you feel about your music, you come across as extremely genuine. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's exact. That's definitely one of the things that drew me to you. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, and I hope it. I think it comes across in the music, and I think that's why people are you know, um, responding to that. It absolutely does. And like you were saying, you know, if you were just doing some cookie cutter bullshit, um, I, yeah, it wouldn't resonate because it doesn't resonate with you, you know? And I did that, you know, and I, and I did that with Berkeley kids. As soon as I got out of Berkeley, I came down here, I did some pop stuff. I think I did quite a few things. I did some rights with people and nothing ever felt like right until i made this record with michael and i was just like wow so did you ever there's power there's a lot of power in this that i never realized there was yeah yeah um sorry if i interrupted you there but did you ever get out of uh <laughs> okay oh no she's talking sorry. To... <laughs> she's talking to michael no 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 talk to him he's much more important <laughs> for <That's> all good <laughs> sorry guys um yeah i'm definitely not going to interrupt the great michael wagner but uh, um, um, so when you first came down here, uh, um, did you did you get a chance to sort of play out in Nashville before you got all of those um, sort of the uh, the 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 uh, cruise ship gigs and stuff? Did you get to kind of try and find your place in Nashville? Um, not really. I like um, kind of. It's it's really weird, but like I. I wasn't here for very long. I just like before, like I was playing with like, you know, doing covers and stuff, but, but never here because 
unfortunately, I hate to say it, uh, I made more money not playing downtown, you know, and yeah. the really weird thing, you're, you know, people might hate me for saying this, but I, I busked downtown, like, I busked outside of the Hard Rock Cafe and stuff in downtown, and people won't recognize me. I, lo- I looked a little different back then. You know, I had long hair. I, you know, yeah. was, uh, you know, um, but I, uh, I made good money busking. Sometimes I can make like 80 bucks an hour, you know. Busking, but what is this word? Why do I not know it? Oh, busking. Uh, it's uh, playing on the streets. Okay, yeah. I've never heard it called that before. I guess I don't know how I managed to never hear that before. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, that and that was like uh, that's what I did downtown, and that was like my dream. Actually, I came yeah. to Nashville to because I love to do that. I did that in Boston a lot, and I got a lot of really good. I just love meeting people. I love like interacting with people, and I think um, I didn't really think much of it, but that's the whole reason why like that all ties into the album. Like I, I just love the interaction with the human interaction with it and the, just the entertainment and the um, performance of it, you know? And, and I think the improv, the improv of it, you know, you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what you're going to play. You just get down there and the adrenaline is awesome. And you just, um, you know, and it's just funny. Cause I, I used to busk outside of the hard rock. And then I remember uh-huh like a couple months from that moment I was playing at hard rocks with the cover band and I was just like wow that's a full circle thing (laughs) that's a big leap yeah Yeah. that's that's a big jump to be playing outside of one and then inside (laughs) I'll never Uh, forget it I I I remember like sitting back and being like holy crap you know and now there's like these little mini chocolate guitars that they leave on your um your hotel bed you know Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, so when you were busking downtown, um, did you have any trouble with the, so for people that don't know on Broadway in Nashville, there's actually homeless people that will afford a mandolin or a guitar or something, and they'll be down there doing the same thing. Did you ever have any, uh, encounters with them? Cause, uh, in high school, um, we used to go down there and do the same thing and we had homeless dudes run us off. They're like, this is our corner, you little shits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I had a, yeah, that happens occasionally, but like, you got to kind of like look at spots and kind of research like who's here, you know, um, the outside the hard rock was easy because uh, you had to have permission for that. And I actually auditioned in a way to do that. They won't let you now. You can't do any of that stuff now. I remember they, it changed ownership and I wasn't allowed to do that anymore, which, you know, but um, I have had like, couple people come up and I think one guy was really persistent he was like wow you're really good like let me play next to you and I'm like no dude like I don't want you to like be here with your two-string guitar and like play next to me while I'm trying to like you know at the time make a living because that's my and have a job you know yeah and um and then he was like oh you're gonna regret that and I remember him walking away and I was like and I packed up because I didn't want him to come back (laughs) I like packed up my stuff and I was like all right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, <laughs> just, you know, but I don't know. That's, um, un- that's really interesting to me though. You said that the hard rock had you audition to play on the sidewalk of their Ish. building. <laughs> it's not like a, it's like a, a low key, just like, Hey, I'm not crazy. I I'm actually like good, you know? Okay. I gotcha. Um, 
and it's it has to be legally right you have to be on the sidewalk outside you know it's just good faith to like ask you know but that changed I don't know that the person I talked to wasn't there like a month later you know so it's like uh you know I mean things I assume things have really been changing downtown this past year I I don't know I'm really out of touch with it because I just haven't played you know I've been waiting for the COVID thing to you know finally let us do stuff again yeah it's a lot of live streams now definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of live streams um we're actually running one out of the whiskey bent um for the every other monday for i think it was like since december or something um so it's been pretty interesting to see how broadway's evolving um but uh uh it seems like you've used 2020 to your advantage almost like you're really you blew up in 2020 whereas like you know, most artists um, sort of either faded away or took a hiatus or did the same thing you did, like try to build up your social media, write more, record. Um, I mean, would you say 2020 was almost a successful year for you? Definitely. And it's all backwards and it's awesome, but it's, it's definitely some, it's so backwards. Like I came in here to record an album and then I met Angie the day that she played drums on my record like how do you have and you know and I'm so dude, Angie is amazing first of all she's an incredible drummer she's an incredible person and she's just perfect for Jack's Hollow and she I remember I remember she was playing drums on my record you know because I had a, a gun for hire you know I just hired her to play on the record and um you know and then she joins Jack's Hollow you know because she loves the music and she's amazing and um yeah, uh, and then I remember we, we were going to practice for the first time, and I was like, we already recorded an album together, and now we're just getting together to, to practice these, to practice. Like, it's all backwards. Like, we sold we sold out of our, our 50 signed copies, like, before dinner time, you know, the, the day they came out, and we haven't played a show, like, once. We have not played a show. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's something that I've I was meaning to you know bring up in this conversation is have you actually performed with a full band as Jack's Hollow yet and you just answered that no and I mean I know I want to see it I mean you must be getting DMs and messages constantly just like where are you playing where are you playing have you had any offers or anything is there a place you're looking at to debut Yeah we're we're looking right now uh for a venue to 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 debut the album you know just so that you know we need a you're releasing an album. We need a re- an album release show, you know, and um, whether that's like, you know, very low capacity or like, you know, just streamed or something, it has to have a venue. It has to be live. You know what I mean? People need to see what we're like live, you know, there's music video, music video, you know, but like, where's like the live performance, you know, um, which we've shot a couple live things and we're probably going to like put them out like little by little. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I am itching so bad to play, man. Like, I, like so extra, just like, oh, it's, frust- it's frustrating. It's frustrating to turn down gigs. And I've been turning down a lot of gigs because now it's like, I don't know, you want to be safe, but you also like want to do it right. You know, you got to know, it's hard to tell like where you where you are, you know, cause like, okay, I worked with like a legendary producer. I've got a lot of clout. I've got like all the stuff, but like, where do I fall? I still don't have like a label yet, you know, like where, 
you know. It, are you saying where do you fall? Are you saying where do you fall in the in the Nashville music scene? Or what yeah, do you mean? Or, or just as an artist, like playing music, like where where do I go? Like where do I fall? You know. Um, I mean, for your genre, for your genre and the way that I mean, there's definitely places in Nashville that would be more accepting than Broadway. Um, you could definitely pr- play Broadway, but um, there are, I mean, like, you know, the Basement East and, you know, uh, everyone's doing the five spot um, <laughs> uh, live stream. There's definitely places where you fit in in Nashville. And that's sort of what I try to, um, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is show people, anyone that's listening that, you know, we're more than just Broadway even though we are Broadway too, and I've had people on that, that's solely what they do is play downtown. There's a place for every genre in Nashville. So there's definitely a place for you to fall. If that's, if that's the, if that's what you meant by that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, sorry, I haven't, I haven't gotten to eat dinner yet. I'm like, mine is <laughs> little, I can't remember like what I've been saying. Um, I, uh, I, I totally dig what you're saying, man. I, um, uh, I, I think it, it's weird, but it's almost like more accepting than the rounds really, <laughs> you know, like, uh, with the full band spot, I'd love to play the five spot. You know, I'd love to love to do that stuff. And we'll, we'll see what we're going to do. Um, we, we need to like solidify, um, you know, how, how we play live first, you know, we need to, you know, get a solid, like a solid setup, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, man, that's, that'd be it, man. Those are great venues. I love those venues, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, I want to try a a new, I don't know if you called it a segment or something, but I, um, uh, something I want to start doing is, can you pick, like, maybe your favorite song off of this upcoming album and break it down for us if there's a significant story behind it or anything like that and just sort of what it means to you? if there's one that's particularly special to you? Sure. Yeah. That, that one's actually easy, you know, and <laughs> I, I didn't think it would be so easy, but, uh, it really was, um, just because of, uh, you know, when you, when you go into the studio with, with all your songs, you, you have like, you put all of the effort and energy into getting them to the best possible place they can be, but it's all just a lottery shot. Once you, once you actually get in the studio, you know, you might think one song is going to turn out amazing. And then it, it kind of like, doesn't turn out the way you want it to. Not that any of my music didn't turn out amazing. I, I I'm blown away by the record. It's just, it's not what I thought they would sound like at the end, but drift together is the one song on the record that I knew going in was had like, just totally like demanded attention. And then when we went in the studio and recorded it, I was blown away. I, I couldn't imagine the song sounding better than it does. And it was the perfect, like the perfect storm of like where I was emotionally, where I was like, you know, um, uh, having this space and like having a producer that really like sees you as a person and not just like, um, you know, a person coming in, a musician, you know, um, a safe place to really be vulnerable to record Drift Together and Drift Together just, is like the best song I've ever written and recorded, honestly. And it's coming out on Friday. <laughs> like, you know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I can't wait for that one to come out. I love 
love the hook or the chorus, whatever you want to call it. It's just so powerful. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, uh, your other two, your other two singles, "High Class Bitch" and "Say My Name," uh, are fucking awesome as well. Um, who's doing your your video shoots? Like, um, how are, is this? Um, I know you said you weren't really working with a label, but how are you getting with these people that are making such incredible videos for you? Because they look really professional. Thanks, man. Uh, I a um, couple different people, really just like freelance uh, videographers in uh, Nashville. The High Class Bitch was done by Bad Iguana Productions. Uh, I knew them from the the like cover band that I was in before, and. Um, uh, so we did that one with them. And then uh, Joshua Shoemaker did uh, um, Say My Name. And he's he's a really talented guy, too. Um, actually, uh, I edited the footage um, to, like, you know, um, I just learned, I sent just something I learned over quarantine, you know, just to sort of, like, be able to be in control over, like, um, deadlines, really, because editing footage is just, it's so much. And... Um, and, and if you can hire a videographer, it, it's so much less stress on them, you know, because editing is like, you know, yeah, 85% right. of the work, you know, so uh, yeah, and then Drift Together was shot by my little brother, you know, <laughs> me and me and my little brother, we went out to, we slept in the back of the car, you know, we just, uh, we kind of we had an amazing time, we bonded, and he was going through a breakup too, so uh, I just was like, you know, trying to give him older sibling advice, which is terrible. Like, damn, like <laughs> listen to half of my advice, you know, and he, he just, uh, he's a great little kid, man. He's, he's 18 and he's, man, I don't know what that generation, like, you know what I mean? Like just I, I, with Corona, like being 18 and not going to prom, not graduating. It's just, it's just uncharted territory. And it's just, it's, you know, it's hard, but it, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone's, kind of readjusting stuff but yeah the state of the world yeah. it seems like it's never going to go back and i'm, I'm really terrified of that i think they've got our fucking they've got their fucking claws on us or something but let's get out of the conspiracy shit that i have in my head is this um <laughs> is this uh the trip that you recently took the uh was it arizona that you're talking about that your little brother shot the video for um uh drift drift together yeah yeah yeah, me and my little brother. And we were figuring out how to work the damn, you know, gimbal device <laughs> while we were there. So it's really hard to edit the footage because half the time the camera was there and on me in the Grand Canyon and it was a beautiful shot. And then the camera just went, <laughs> <laughs> my brother, you'd see his face, he'd be like, damn it. <laughs> you know, and he's like, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. We just, we had so much fun and, but it was depressing. It was so depressing because we drove through like, you know, Memphis and stuff. And we were looking around we're like, this is the opening scene to the walking dead. There's nothing anywhere. Everything's boarded up every single business that existed. It doesn't exist anymore. And people don't know what to do. And it was, it was really, I, I think I needed to take a trip where I just drove through and I was just like, wow, this is where we're at right now as a country, you know? Um, yeah i mean i guess it can be bleak but i mean at least you have it sounds like you have at least one good family member so it's not all bad oh i love the kid little punk <laughs> <laughs> well um i want to get you out of here because you're hungry you haven't eaten um you've utilized 2020 to the fullest you have somehow managed to work it to your advantage 
Um, man, actually, is there is there any advice that you would give other Nashville musicians and how they could? Um, I mean, what did just some piece of advice that you could impart that um, you wish you had known or that you utilized during this time to somehow blow yourself up when you can't even play live? Yeah, my my the biggest thing that I learned is um, just ask. You know, um, I, I, it's, it's the stupidest thing, but I'd never asked for anything. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do it all myself. You know, and I'm gonna be totally self-sufficient. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like, you know, do everything. And, um, actually asking gets you to the places where you can, you know, really shine. And, um, just, just asking, just being like, just reaching out to people and being like, man, I, this is what I really want. Who can, you know, I always thought that was like a sign of weakness to like have to rely on other people. But then I was like, wait, these are gatekeepers. Like you're not gonna, you can't go through the gate if you didn't even get to the, the foot of the gate. You know what I mean? You can't go through it if you're not even knocking on the door. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, just, just ask, like research, like, what do you want? Like, and make your goals and like, just like, you know, like it's, everyday work towards obtaining them you know it's the everyday thing you can't just one day be like oh i give up nothing's happening today you know it's like nothing's gonna happen to you for two months and then one day you're gonna have an amazing thing fall in your lap and you're gonna be like wow i'm so glad i worked every day to be prepared for this absolutely absolutely i totally agree with that and as the great joey diaz says i don't know if you know who he is but he's a comedian uh oh. no, nothing happens at home so you gotta get up and uh, uh, make those connections. And once you're working towards that goal, you're absolutely right. Something will fall in your lap and you may be halfway prepared, that, but that's better than 0% prepared. Right, true that, man. Um, okay. What's that guy's name? Joey? Joey Diaz. Uh, okay. He's he's a a wild dude. He's a comedian. Cool. <laughs> but, um, okay, I, um, I just want to, I got two more things and I'll let you go. Um, uh I know you already sort of answered this, but as, a, you know, as someone that is known as a, a amazing, talented guitarist, um, <laughs> uh, what is your, what is your preferred setup? I'm like guitar, amp, pedals. What does your live setup look like? Yeah. Uh, it's funny asking me a gear question is like, you know, <laughs> but I love, appreciate it. I, um, for the, all the cruise ship gigs, uh, for, I've played almost every day, every night in 2019. And I played every show with my head rush pedal board. And that's great for someone like me. Uh, it's, I think it's by 11 and um, it, it's a multi-effects board and it's just a powerhouse. It's just giant. I keep it in a gun case, bring it to the TSA. They hate it. They're like, what is this? Does it look like a bomb? And I'm like, it's not, but it is in a gun case. And, and um, it's just like, I don't have to try that hard to get a great tone out of it. It just, there's presets and they can't name them like what they are. So like, instead of purple rain, you'll see purple bike instead of like the preset for like free bird, you'll, you'll see uncaged bird. <laughs> you know? It's hilarious to go through them and see, I wonder what this is. Oh, uncaged bird. What kind of tone could that be? You know? And, um, instead of, uh, you know, uh, come together by the Beatles kind of tone, it's a uh, juju eyeball, you know, <laughs> and it's like, and I don't have to try that hard. And the tones are amazing out of the head rush. And that's, that's my gear, you know, and, and yeah. a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys who like do the pedal boards and the really like boutique kind of amps and like heads. And I, I just, 
I don't know about that world, but I do know I can get some great stuff out of my head rush. Well, whatever you're doing, it sounds fucking great. And uh, like you said earlier, I, it must be all in your fingers because your tone is awesome. Dude, thank you. All right. Um, here's how I end every episode. Um, okay. This podcast, the idea for it is to, and, and if anyone, I mean, I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say this because I say it at the end of every show, but I want to build a network um, where Nashville musicians can come together and support each other, promote each other. And I'm hoping eventually that will happen the more I talk to every uh, all these musicians that come in and do my podcast or if they do a Zoom call. Um, I really want to build a network for you guys to build each other up. And in that same vein, um, is there a Nashville artist that you would recommend to the listener and you think they need to hear about? Yeah, Ashley McBride. <laughs> okay. Yeah, T she's awesome. Tell me about uh, her. She's she's more like, um, you know, uh, country, but I know she's a rocker chick at heart, you know, <laughs> and I you can feel that in her. And she, the last record she did, she put out this song called Voodoo Doll or something like that. And and I was like, finally, like, okay, girl, like we see that you can do it. So like, you know, and I love her because she's, first of all, she's like super down to earth. She's awesome. She's totally cool. I haven't met her, but like, I've just, you know, I've just obsessed over her a little bit for a hot minute there. So um, yeah, I, uh, I, I like her too, because she gives me, um, confidence to be genre fluid with what I'm doing because it just check out her last record it's like um, you know there's some rock in there she's got like you know obviously the standard country song she's got a little bit of pop and then she'll do something like you know velvet red or whatever that song is where it's like just you know a couple people around a microphone like very like old school like uh, you know almost like a hymn kind of thing you know and I, I just, I kind of dig that. And that gives me confidence to just be like, all right, cool. I can make a, you know, one of my song record, one of the songs on my record called breathe. It starts with like a shredding solo. It's like got like almost this, like, you know, it's very hard rock, maybe a little tiny metal, you know, and then I have something like drift together, which is quite Amer. I, I don't know what it is. Americana. Like yeah, soulful, maybe, maybe, you know, but it's almost it's cool. folky or yeah, I guess Americana is, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you you I can't wait to hear this record and yeah, you're right. Um we everyone can be diverse and uh, uh I think that's a good thing, you know. I don't think an artist should be just one thing. But they used to be very it used to be very like uh I used to not think I could do that. I mean, I came out of Berkeley being like, okay, I got to be a pop artist like yeah, uh, um, you know, and I a think lot of finally we're kind of given a freedom. I feel like the freedom can actually be successful now, which is like wild. Um, so yeah, Ash Ashley McBride's awesome, but I love what you're doing and I, I want to be part of all that, like, uh, building people up and like connecting. Cause honestly, I feel, uh, I really want to connect with people. It's really hard to not see people face to face and just be on Instagram and be like, that's awesome. And then like, you see them in real life and you're like, is that you? You know, <laughs> it's like hard to like, you know, as, as yeah, sometimes yeah. some people come up to me and they're like, it's you like, oh, we're on Instagram together. And I'm like, God, I just, it's hard to connect the two you know and I want to not have that be hard I just want to be like I know this person I want to build them up they deserve this you know and yeah. I want to be part of it yeah yeah and I've, I've found that that is that's what Nashville's music scene is all these artists that I've been talking to I knew each of them individually as bands um, just by listening to their music and then I start talking to them they all know each other they all know each other 
So you have to you have to network, you have to build each other up. And it's about finding a community and uh, Nashville has that. And I think as soon as you start um, actually performing and meeting some of these people, you're, you're going to find that too. You're going to find your place in Nashville. Like you were saying earlier, you're not sure where it's at. There's a place I'm telling you. And, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know really where I'm going with that, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, you really just have to reach out, like you were saying, and you, you'd be very surprised who will respond. I was. <laughs> I wouldn't think for, you know, a million years, people who respond to me would, you know, the guy who, like, you know, was there in the room when physical graffiti, you know, or, like, you know, literally did Master Puppets, Metallica, you know, and, you know, and, and I'm looking on the walls and I'm just you know, it's like super surreal, but like, honestly, you have to put it out there in order to get it. You can't like expect things to fall into your lap, you know, without, you know, going, you know, getting there first. And uh, yeah, I, I wish, I kind of wish someone told me that because for a long time, I was just like, no, people are going to come to me. I'm going to be amazing. And people aren't going to, you know, I'm going to be so good that people can't deny me. And it's like, well, you can't even get to, like I said, you can't even get to the place where people can see you until, Someone lets you in. So Yeah, you can't be undeniable if you can't get into the venue that's denying you. <laughs> <laughs> True that, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, plug your album, uh, the name of it, anything else you got going on. I want everyone to hear about it. And uh, I'll just give you the end of the episode. Just go ahead and I wanna uh, I wanna hear you plug everything. All right, thanks so much, man. Yeah. Uh so um Jack's Hollow here. We we've got um the underdog anthems and that's coming out February 26th. Um if you want to listen to it sooner than that, we are selling it on the website. Um you can get the physical copy if you've got a CD player still. Um that's <laughs> jackshollow.com/shop. Uh we also uh what the crazy thing is um We've got a couple other things for sale there, like custom picks and a snare head, signed snare head. One of our snare heads that was uh, covered in Angie's blood, you know, she's playing and hitting shit and she just was bleeding. And so she stamped like her finger, like a stamp around the head. Someone bought that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so funny. I'm just like, excuse me, sir, would you like the bloody one or the non-bloody one? He's like the bloody one. And I'm just like, of course. And um, so it's just, I just want to say thank you guys for like, buying the stuff because it really does uh allow me to eat food you know (laughs) so um yeah and then drift together is coming out february 5th so that's that's coming right out so yeah all right thank you so much jacks hollow you're a bad motherfucker i can't (laughs) wait to see you live um stick around after i stop recording this and um but yeah i can't wait to see you live let us uh let us know me and my wife will come check you out because uh dude absolutely love the music you're putting out thank you so much man i appreciate it thanks for having me on no problem i'll see you later all right and that is the episode with jacks hollow um she is absolutely incredible and i just i really can't wait to see what she does i'm going to be following her career for sure Don't forget about our live streams that are coming up. First one's on the 29th, and we'll get out of this episode with another song off of Underdog Anthems. This song is called Drift Together, and it is absolutely fantastic. 